right. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you doing this beautiful Sunday? Great. Good. You sound really lively. That is awesome. Today, uh, if you guys have been to any of our Thursday seek nights, um, that's kind of what we're going to do today. Just a, a church-wide time of seeking the Lord in prayer, in worship, um, is kind of the culmination of a week of what we call prayer and fasting at our church, where many of us were able to partake and um, fast from things with that intent of drawing near to God in prayer. And it was a really, really sweet week. How many guys were able to participate in that in some degree or another? Okay. There was quite a, we probably had more participation than we've ever had in our kind of uh, daily prayer meetings. It was really encouraging to see that. I think in the evenings we had an average around 50 people showing up and then mornings and afternoons, um, less because of work, but still, you know, around 15, 20 people. So it was good. There was a whole lot of praying going on this week and uh, a whole lot of awesome testimonies on God answering, uh, prayers directly on him ministering to people, uh, wanting, needing to hear certain things from him. So, um, what, what I wanted to do today um, is just kind of go through this passage that uh, God gave us as a church, if you will, leading up to the week of prayer and fasting about peace uh, together, all together, so that if you guys weren't able to par- participate for one reason or another, you are today as one church family with the rest of us. So before we get to that... Um, because I'm still missing my worship leader here. Stephen Smiley, report. Oh, there he is. I didn't see you. You guys can come up here. All right. As I was saying, um, if you guys have been here over the last couple weeks, we kindly were, were talking about Philippians 4, 6 through 9, this peace uh, that surpasses all understanding. It's a familiar passage. Um, what I like about this passage, I'm going to read it here in a second, is that it's very, it's a, it's a practical section of scripture that gives you something to do, all right? And you guys have heard me probably say this before. We don't want to ever get in the habit of just thinking because we, we've read Scripture and we say amen and we believe it and we've underlined it that we're automatically doing it in our lives. And the blessing with Scripture comes with those who hear and obey the Word of God. We want to be doers. We want to put it into practice. We want to experience all the blessing God intends with listening to his word that's it's there to bless us and so this passage that where peter's talking about how to receive peace in our lives gives us four practical things to do in order to receive that peace it says in philippians 4 6 through 9 don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need and thank him for all he has done and then you will experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. All right, so 
We're going to get to those four things and just kind of have opportunities to pray together as a church through those things. Opportunities for people to share testimonies um, of different way, different prayers answered or different ways the Lord spoke to them this week as well. But first, we're going to enter into his presence with just a time of worshiping kids. I'm going to dismiss you soon enough. Not quite yet, though. So just be ready for it. But let's go ahead and worship the Lord to get our make sure our minds are in the right place before we start seeking him in prayer. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord, so much that you have uh, delivered us from Egypt, in a sense. If you're a newer believer or somebody that's visiting today, you might be like, what the heck are we singing about there? Well, if in the in the Old Testament, there's this great account of the Lord delivering his people from slavery under the Egyptians. And he brings them out where, in a way that they couldn't have brought themselves out. They were captives. And he brings them out and he eventually brings them into this promised land, this, this great place where everything that they need is, is provided for by God. God's the one that gives it to them. And it's real events that really happened, but ultimately it's a picture of a, a greater setting free that needed to happen in that we were all slaves to our sin and God had to come and save us from it and set us free and bring us into what's called the abundant life, a better life spent in a relationship with God. And so it's it was a picture uh, foretelling what needed to happen to have spiritually. And that is what has happened for anyone that's placed their faith in Jesus Christ. You guys can sit down, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> I can get long-winded. You guys will get really tired if you stand up the whole, stand up the whole time. So, But that's what we're singing about. That's what we're proclaiming. There's a lot more into it. But having said that, it's great to remember what God has saved us from. Amen? The, the different areas of slavery that we were in to our flesh that we were slowly destroying ourselves in. And God set us free from all those things and gave us new life, better life. And so we rejoice in that. We sing about it. We praise God for it. And one of the aspects of this new life is that we have prayer. We're no longer by ourselves. We are in a relationship with the living God of the universe and you have complete fellowship with him because of the blood of Jesus. You didn't before because in your sin you were separated from God because him perfectly being just had to deal has to deal with sin, which is evil. It's disobedience to God in what he says is right because he's made everything. He knows what's right. He knows what's wrong. And so sin is disobedience to what's right. And we're all guilty of it. We're born with a nature to do what's wrong. God has to save us from that. And even though you could never live a perfect life, his son, Jesus, who he sent, did. He was able to because he was God in the flesh. And he died a sinner's death. He died on a cross so that your sin could be paid for and for. The just price for it could be paid for. He took your sin upon himself, even though he had no sin. And he died a sinner's death paying the price for your sin and through believing that receiving that acknowledging your need for jesus to save you then you're forgiven you're you are free and who the son sets free is free indeed as the bible says you have been released of that bondage of your flesh and you have the holy spirit inside of you to enable you to do what god says to do what's right and once we're saved we're saved forever it's we're his we're god's and um one day we will be with him in eternity but right now he's with us and we can talk to him about things. 
The thing is, the, the whole Bible teaches is that as people, we are completely insufficient to do anything in our own power. All right? We are insufficient to be parents. We are insufficient to be spouses. We are insufficient to be witnesses for Jesus. We are insufficient to live right lives that will be good for us and good for others. We need God's help for everything. And Jesus has made that possible for you to have his help for everything. But we still have to, in a sense, be intentional to ask him for help. We have this tendency to think that we can do things on our own and we can live our own lives and, and we know the best direction for our lives and we don't. How many of you guys have figured that out? We figure it out often over and over again painfully by making that mistake. And so prayer is, in essence, going to God for help. It's going to God for direction. It's going to God so he can make his will known to you and then empower you to carry it out because you know that that's going to be the best place for you to be and wherever God wants you to be doing whatever he wants you to be doing. And so I love the first thing that Paul talks about here is that uh, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. How many guys worry from time to time in your life? Right? It's something all your hands should have gone up. Because I, I would go, be hard-pressed to say, you can't even get through today without worrying at least once. This is a common thing for us that we all struggle from. And just when, just because you're a Christian, you're saved, doesn't mean you still don't worry. We struggle with this. And so what Paul tells us here is, don't worry about anything. I mean, not, you truly, he wouldn't say that if you couldn't do it. Like, instead, when you get that tendency to worry, when you realize you're worrying, he said, pray about it instead. Pray about everything. And so this is something that we learn in our relationship with Jesus to do. When we recognize we're worrying, we pray. We go to God with that thing we're worrying about, and we ask him for direction. We ask him for help, whatever pertains to that thing. And what you've probably learned by now is that doesn't always just automatically remove the worry. It's like you can pray to God and you still be worried. And so the idea here is that you continuously pray. You keep praying you keep giving it to God to handle for you until you actually trust him to do that. And he replaces that worry with peace. And then if you only have that peace for a couple hours and all of a sudden the worry comes back, guess what you do? You pray again. You keep praying. This is something that he teaches us. And we can live in this peace he intends for us as he teaches and we learn this thing, okay? So first in First Peter, First Peter 5, 6 through 7, he actually talks about this and he says so humble yourselves under the mighty power of god and at the right time he will lift you up in honor give all your worries and cares to god for he cares about you all right so humility is where is really what is necessary for prayer okay because humility basically acknowledges your insufficiency in god's sufficiency all right, it's, it's that place that gets you to rely on him. And it takes humility to understand that, you know what, I need God's help. I can't figure this out myself. I can't do it nearly as well as him. So I'm going to go to him with it. And the reason you should be humble is because he's mighty. And mighty is just like a word that doesn't seem so inadequate to describe how great God is. As in he knows everything. He's capable of anything. He's in control of everything. All right. And, and, and that's an understatement, even saying those things. That, God is great, and he's mighty, and so we should most certainly be humble in knowing who he is, all right? 
And if you do that, if you humble yourselves and you give your cares to him at the right time, he's going to lift you up in honor. There's always a timing. doesn't mean he's going to answer our prayers right when we want. That's the hard part, waiting for him to do that. But he will lift you up in honor. The idea is that he will answer in such a way that you will be well off. You will be good. All right. That's his promise in Romans 8, 28. He's going to work all things for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, that's an open-ended promise. Doesn't mean he's going to work it out the way you want. But in hindsight or at some point, you will see that it's good. He promises that it's good. Doesn't have to be. I'm glad there's a lot of things he hasn't worked out the way I wanted. Because what I thought was good for me was not good for me. And, and he had to, and, and he saved me from mistakes. All right. So, so it's good. But he will lift you up in honor. And you can give your worries and cares to God and completely trust them with him and have peace in return. Why? Because you know he cares for you. That's why you can do it. He's demonstrated his great care for you in allowing his son to die. There could not have been a greater demonstration of love given to you than what God did in allowing his son to die for you. And that's why you can completely trust when you give things to him. You can trust that he will work them for your good. Amen? All right. So what we're going to do first is we're going to take some time. And if there are specific worries in your life right now, there's things that are consuming your mind or that you know, man, I am worried about this. This is going to be an opportunity for you to cast that care, to pray to God, you know, and give it to him. Okay? And what I would encourage you to is like, you, you, you be specific. Tell him what this concern is. Tell him what this worry is. Tell him, you know, what you would like to see happen with a surrendered heart, understanding that maybe that's not the best case. You know, like, Lord, if I'm wrong, can you show me what's a better, what, what you have that's better in mind? Help me wait for you to figure this out. Help me, you know, give me direction. Help me wait for that direction. You know, like, be specific and talk to God about it, all right? You can do that just kind of quietly. He hears you. He knows what you're thinking before you do this for your benefit, not his. Um, but so that you can see him answer your prayer. But pray. If you want to pray out loud for your brothers and sisters to just around you to agree with you. If you want to grab your spouse next to you or your kids and pray with them. Just take these moments. And if you've got worries, don't keep worrying about them. Give them to God and pray. And the one other thing I would say is. If you had a specific prayer, because I've heard a couple of people like give me testimonies this week of specific worries that they were giving to God and that he already has answered those prayers in a very miraculous way. If you have a testimony about something like that, can you just raise your hand? Um, I can see all of you pretty well, and I'm going to come with, to you with a mic and basically uh, give you an opportunity to share uh, a testimony of something specific that he answered this week. That's the only thing we're going to use the mic for today. But basically, if you have that specific thing, I will come find you uh, the most I can get. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll give you an opportunity to kind of share it with the rest of the church so we can rejoice with you. So go ahead and pray as you feel led. And then uh, if you do have a testimony, raise your hand and I will uh, try to track you down. Uh, back in April last year... Um, some pretty crazy things happened and, uh, it was 
a big turning point in my life. And um, it took months for me to surrender and give it to God. Um, it wasn't until a couple months ago, um, maybe just two months ago, that the Lord really met with me and placed that blanket of peace right upon me. Um, I haven't seen my kids since April 26th of 2020, 2021. 2021. And um, it's really hard. Um, all, all the moms out there can really relate. Um, something that could have, you know, easily caused me to backslide um, as the as easy as that could have been. Um, the Lord really showed me grace and he brought me to a place where I'm not worried and I have nothing to fear because he's, he's in control and he's given me hindsight and glimpses of, of the peace and what he has in store for me. And I don't have to worry. And, you know, this whole last week of prayer and fasting is, was amazing. (laughs) Um, and I just want to thank the Lord for giving me the peace and continuing to, to be with me and, and guide my steps and really place people in my life with words of encouragement and um, just having me right where I'm at because I know that it's it's where he has me and I'm, I'm happy and I'm at peace and I thank the Lord for that. Yeah, I just wanted to share um, just br- briefly, I mean... <laughs> uh, the Lord, I mean, how much He's really touched me and moved and worked through me in this time of prayer and fasting this week. Um, just learning, uh, like Chris said, humbleness and submission. And I know a verse that really touched me. I mean, it's from Hebrews. It's, it states uh, that Jesus, uh, on, during His time on earth, He offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears and he uh was heard because of his reverent submission he was heard by god and um that's what god asked for us to if we're not in submission to him if we're not humble i mean we're not gonna be uh really heard by him or really hear his voice and so i i mean i i mean most of you don't know (laughs) All the details are even, I've been just going through uh, this situation I've been through the last two and a half years. But uh, within that situation of um, my wife leaving me, uh, <laughs> it's been kind of an adversarial uh, custody battle because I do have a son. And uh, a lot of you haven't met him even. But I mean, my story is kind of similar to Kiri's and, and Dylan's. Um, but uh, first, I was going through something for seven months from an immediate danger. So I, I didn't see my son for a month. Um, so I can't imagine of, of uh, like Rich too. He hasn't. He's kind of going through a similar situation. Um, but uh, just. I was able to start seeing my son again with a, a supervisor while this is going on. And so it was costing me uh, quite a bit of money. <laughs> and I didn't see him as much as I'd like to. But um, And I was just needed to realize I needed to put my faith in the Lord. And uh, 
just pray about this. The hearing took seven months, and I finally got a judgment back, and the prayers were answered this week. That uh, I was just clear to the immediate danger, so I'd no longer have to have supervised visits with my son. So that's the first step <laughs> in the right direction to be cleared of. I don't know. I'm sorry, Chris. I don't want to take too long. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I have a lot going through my mind with the, the scriptures and um, just, I don't know, I felt really uh, the power of the Lord just working in my life and through fasting and, and this week of prayer. And God gives us, we can approach his throne of grace with confidence um, because He's been through that, and He gives us grace and mercy in our time of need. So, uh, yeah, I can keep on going, but I don't want to take too much time away from other people's testimony. So thank you. Amen. We'll have some other opportunities, too, as we kind of go through these four points. I want to leave time to get through all of them. Um, there was one other specific prayer request that was pretty cool uh, with uh, Natalie Pringle. Um, I don't know. Do you want to share, Natalie, or do you want me to share for you? You want to share? Oh, okay. I just thought it was really cool because last week I kind of told you guys or encouraged you guys to pray with your kids because what I've seen the Lord really show off, like, because we want our kids to see how real God is at a young age, right? And I've found that when I involve my kids in prayer, my wife has found this, when she involves them in prayer, there's just been some pretty direct, like, miraculous answers like where there's no question just so that they could see him respond and know it was him and so um we were sitting in like an afternoon prayer meeting and natalie prayed for her cousin that was by all accounts going to die from covid in the hospital that's what they were telling her family and so she asked for prayer for her and I'd find her little notes, sticky notes, asking for prayer around the prayer room and, and like throughout the week. And I'd pray for him every time I found one. And then did she, she basically got released to go home. Was it yesterday? Is that, she's going to go home in a couple of days. Like basically just totally drastic change. And so I just thought that was really, I mean, it's an answer to prayer. Praise the Lord, you know, but just. To see the, that childlike faith and to see the Lord answer that, I thought it was really cool. So, praise the Lord. Amen. So, let me pray for the kids really quick and we'll dismiss them because I see them starting to get antsy. I want you kids to hear that though. That's why I kept you in here because your prayers, God hears those prayers. So, you guys need to keep praying. Pray for your parents and pray with them. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for our kids. And uh, Lord, as they go back to their classrooms... Just bless them, bless the teachers. May you just continue to speak to them back there. May you hear their prayers and answer them. And uh, Lord, may they know you and follow you all their days. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids can head back. Let me get to the second point. Thank you, Lord, for all the kids. All right. Uh, So the second thing, the first thing we talked about is to pray instead of worrying. Second point he gives us there in verse 6. Or he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. All right, so the second thing I want to kind of spend some time doing is to thank the Lord for all he has done. Psalm 103, 1 through 2 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. 
I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. How many can relate, especially in the midst of adversity, forgetting all the good things God has done for us? We have this short-term memory when it comes to God's faithfulness and goodness in our lives. And especially when we're overwhelmed by something that's scary or something we don't understand going on. So it's good when we pray to not only pray and ask, but also to praise God for those past examples of his goodness and faithfulness in our lives. Because what it produces in you is a present trust in faith in whatever those current circumstances are, because you remember Hey, God has been nothing but good. He has been nothing but faithful. Even when I didn't think so at the time or I didn't see how, he came through for me. So surely he will keep on doing that and that'll help you have peace in your current circumstance. So that's an important part of prayer too, to take the time. And you see that like in God's people's prayers all throughout scripture. When we went through 2 Chronicles 20, you see a portion of that prayer where they're praising him for his past faithfulness and so that's very key so we're going to take the time right now just where you're at as you feel led to thank god for his past faithfulness in your lives or his past goodness the things that he's already done and you can do that again quietly where you're at you can do it out loud so we can agree with you however you feel led maybe just doing that with your spouse or you know whoever you came with just praise God for his past faithfulness. And this shouldn't be a hard thing you have to think about. You could go on and on. If you want something to start with, start with the fact that you're saved, okay? Let's pray. Where it says to think about things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Those all being attributes of the Lord in the things he says in his words so we can think or dwell on these things by fixing our minds on him and his word ultimately. And prayer is a a great way to do that. Um, As prayer doesn't just involve asking and praising, but also proclaiming truths about God from his word to yourself to remind yourself just who it is that you're praying to. All right, because we can have a tendency to forget that. The uh, psalmist writes in Psalm 119, 9 through 16, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I've recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Again, this this can kind of be like forgetting the things that God has done that you're thankful for. It's like in the midst of the adversity, you have this tendency to lose sight of just who it is that you're talking to or who you serve, who God is, of his plans for you, of his promises to you. And we need to remind ourselves of those things, right? Right? It's important, you know, like, like, like psalmist was saying, man, I need to remember these things. I need to, you know, say them out loud to myself. I need to like, I need them ingrained in me so I don't forget these things. 
And this is kind of a progression, like these points that Paul's giving us, or, uh, yeah, Paul's giving us because, you know, first, when you recognize there's worry, you pray. And then you thank God for the past faithfulness in your lives. And then it makes it easier to dwell on the truth of who he is that we know from his word. It kind of builds on itself, all right? It gets, it's moving your mind from that wrong place of worry to the right place of peace that God wants for you. And all these things kind of build on each other. Now, the one thing I would caution or just kind of like as a word of exhortation, because sometimes I see this kind of approach the wrong way. When we're proclaiming God's truths to ourselves, we're in no way demanding God to do something for us. Okay? You don't get to do that. You're not God. You don't ever tell him what to do. And here's the thing. That's not what prayer is. (laughs) Prayer is never telling God what to do. It is going to God so he can tell us what to do, all right? And so sometimes I just say that because there's kind of some incorrect or impartial theology out there that teaches like that you have the same authority as Jesus. No, no, no. You have the authority to do what Jesus tells you to do, his will. You don't have the authority to do what you want to do. And it would be arrogant to think that you always know best what to do without God telling you. That's the whole need for prayer, We need God to tell us what to do in any situation and then to empower us to do that. Amen? Amen. So we've got to be careful of that. We we don't want to demand his promises from him. We rejoice in those promises and remind ourselves, you know. And a lot of times, sometimes when we, 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 you know, we we can cheapen his promise if we try to make it specific to us when it's supposed to be open ended. So, for instance, you know, Romans 8 28 is a popular one. We all know it. You know, um, God loves, or God will, is working all things for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. So, sometimes we can have a habit of, or I've seen some people take a habit of this and like claim that promise for a specific thing. But what they mean is that the good He's going to do is working this thing out the way they want. Take this cancer away, heal me, heal this. All right, but that's cheapening it because now you've narrowed it to one answer. See, here's how great that promise is. Even if he doesn't do it the way you want, it's going to be good. All right? It's open-ended for a reason because he is going to be bigger. God does exceedingly more than you could ever ask or imagine. That's what the word says. Amen? So we don't want to narrow that promise. We We want to rejoice in the fact that, Lord, you're just going to be good. I don't even need to know how. I don't need to know the details. You always end up being that way. You keep your promise, all right? But we need to remind ourselves of those things. Amen? So we're going to spend some time right now just proclaiming, thinking about, thinking about in, 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 in telling ourselves or, or repeating these truths of God's word, of who he is and his promises towards us, okay? And if you have like a specific testimony this week i've heard some of these too of where god in it revealed um something about himself to you like something that was in his word but you just you didn't understand it for whatever reason or basically he helped you apply it practically to your life in a certain area where you needed to to remember that no this is who god says he is and this is how he's going to deal with this thing like raise your hand and I'll, i'll bring the mic around so you can kind of share on on what the lord kind of personally ministered to you regarding that thing but let's go ahead and just take that time so coming into the prayer the week of prayer and fasting um 
the week before I was all gung-ho and I'm going to go, I'm not going to, I'm going to fast from food all week. It doesn't matter if I'm going to have to work or anything like that because, you know, God will sustain me, right? Man doesn't live by bread alone. And that was my plan at home group. Well, between then and when it started on Sunday night, I had faltered <laughs> and got scared. And it was like, you know, I I operate a boat in tight places at work. I I can't go without food. I'll I'll lose my focus and something will get, you know, I'll crash or something will go wrong or somebody will get hurt. And I started finding myself going back and taking solace and comfort and safety in the things of this world. And I kicked against the goads for Monday. I went to work at the full lunch packed and everything and ate food all day and my belly was full but my heart was empty. And I had a terrible day Monday. Luckily, everything went well at work, but personally, I was not happy. I got off work. I was frustrated and I was, and I knew the Lord is so gracious, right? To be gentle with us and remind me of the, when Chris brought up the bringing the people out of Egypt. Yeah, he brought them out of the promised land, but they kind of kicked against the goads and they had to spend 40 years in the desert. <laughs> and, uh, Luckily, I didn't have to spend 40 years in the desert, but uh, I gave up my flesh on Tuesday and started fasting for the rest of the week. And it was the best week that I've ever had. And I kept proclaiming the truth that I need nothing in this world. The only thing that I need is, is Jesus. All I need is my relationship with him. I need childlike faith. I just need him. I need God and what he's done for me and the way that he made the way, the truth, and the life, which is Christ. And that's it. And after 29 years of smoking cigarettes, I haven't smoked since Thursday. I was thinking, I just think that's an awesome testimony, how the Lord through fasting will teach you to remind you that your flesh doesn't have the power over you that it once did, that, that God's freed you from that. You know, sometimes we can let the enemy trick us into, just like the, the Israelites gave up land that God had already given them to their enemies, we can do that with parts of our life that God has already given you victory over. We can willingly be tricked into giving those things up, and they have to do with our flesh often. But fasting has a way, the Lord has reminded me all this week because like, of course, I wanted to eat. I wanted to, um, you know, scroll through the news on my phone and just do the things that I normally would do. But I was able to say no. And the Lord was just giving me that simple reminder of like, see, I've given you control. My spirit has empowered you to say no to your flesh. And so in our minds, it may seem like, well, that's just a little thing. No, that. That's the reality, is that the Lord has already given you victory to say no. So when your flesh wants to do that thing that you know is not good for you, that's not of the Lord, you have already the power to say no in Christ. And don't believe the lie of the enemy is something else. So I got a testimony over here. Hi, so I have a lot of testimony this week. Um... 
uh, where to start? So I just want to thank the Lord that um, he sent sisters to pray with me um, at the prayer meeting. I started the week with a little bit of fasting. You know, I fasted for uh, one meal a day um, for about a week up leading up to the fasting and prayer time. Um, and I still, you know, as a lot of you have seen me in church, I'm always crying. I'm always, you know, lifting my my sorrows. I've just dealt with a lot of brokenness in the last uh, six, seven years of my walk with him and with my children. And I'm new to this church, and I've, you know, come here um, not as frequently as I would like, but um, I'm trying to, to get more consistent in the word. And so I guess what I really want to say is that this week the the word has really come alive for me and um i started taking a lot of photos of nature and putting the scripture to them and sharing them with people um to just try to um help inspire others to to want to know the word um sharing it with unbelievers i mean and through you know the process of just taking all of my my pain and you know my own fear and addiction to food and all these things in my life that I've been struggling with, my 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 um, struggles with my kids, everything that, um, you know, that's just been so much brokenness, just surrendering it. And, um, you know, this week, at, like I was saying, at the, the one of the, the um, prayer meetings, um, a woman came up after and prayed with me, and she reminded me of um, the armor of God. So Ephesians 6, um, that the, the shield of faith extinguishes all the fiery darts of the enemy. And, um, you know, I've been meditating on that and meditating on, um, Chris's, uh, words about, um, putting it into practice, putting all of these things into practice. So what I've noticed is that I have a lot less anxiety. This, this woman that prayed for me, she told me that, um, she she said the lord wants to deliver you from she she said actually she first she said um do you struggle with anxiety and i was like i just start crying i'm like yeah i do definitely it's been something that's been struggling for for years and my kids and you know a stronghold over my family and and she said the lord wants to set you free from it and since she prayed with me and you know the fasting and the prayer and and just just being in the word it has come alive in my life i i it's kind of hard to explain but it almost glows on the page it it it, there's something that has changed for me and in how he's drawing me um drawing me to him and so i just just want to rejoice in him and and i came in this morning this last thing i want to share um is philippians 3 12 because I've, I've also been struggling with a lot of discouragement because i'm struggling so much with parenting with my kids um, and my daughter's fallen away from the Lord and she doesn't want to come to church. And I raise them up from, you know, from babies in the church. Um, and, uh, she used to sing and dance, you know, and praise the Lord. <laughs> and now she doesn't want anything to do with Jesus. So, um, I, uh, I've been really pressing in to try to get encouragement. But Philippians 3.12 is, was what I opened right up to this morning. And it says, um, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. 
I press on toward the goal for the prize for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So this was such an encouragement to me. I just want to encourage everyone that fasting and prayer does bring you closer to the Lord. It does bring you closer to his word, and he has delivered me from my fears. So thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. 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 What a testimony. So awesome. Praise the Lord. You know, something she said actually leads right into that last point, and that was putting into practice all that you've learned, which is important. It's kind of the way he sums this all up. You know, he starts out by saying, pray instead of worrying, and then, um, you know, thank the Lord for the things he's done, and then think about the things of the Lord, the things we know to be true about him and his word. And the last in verse 9 is... um, Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. So Paul was somebody that wrote many of the epistles. He uh, uh, basically, scripture. So like everything he said in, that they, he was teaching them, everything he was telling them to do is basically God's word. And so we want to put those things in the practice that we learn from God and from his word. Basically, um, following Jesus is being a servant for Jesus. That's our DNA. I love how actually Paul starts out the letter of Romans by saying, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle. I like to point that out because I just think that's awesome. His identity wasn't in the fact that he was an apostle. It's like, no, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. I live to serve my Lord, whatever he wants, that's, that's my life. And so that should be our heart too, right? We, we live to serve the Lord in all areas of our life, all right? This is the tricky part is because sometimes, especially when you're kind of newer in faith, we have a tendency to separate like our, our spiritual life from our normal life. There is no normal life if you give your life to Jesus. Your life is Jesus's. So you serve your spouse, as unto Jesus. You serve your kids, as unto Jesus. You serve your neighbors, as unto Jesus. And that's what makes your life exciting. Because you get to see God work in every single area of it. In you and through you. Okay? And, and so we want that right perspective. We want to be about putting into practice everything God's teaching us in every area of our life. Okay? And when we're doing that, that relies us, rely, or it requires us to rely on him because we can't do that apart from him. It keeps us in that close connection with him, that abiding relationship because we're always looking to him for direction. We're looking for him to fill us with the spirit, to be able to do the things he's telling us to do. And, and, and it helps us tune out all of the lies of this world, all the deceptions of the enemy, or helps us recognize them because we're close to him. We hear, as Jesus says, we hear our shepherd's voice. We are able to distinguish it from our flesh, and it keeps our mind in the right place, on the right things, when that's where we're at with the Lord. So that's where we absolutely want to be at. We want to be practicing what we've learned. We don't want to be in a place of complacency, if you will. Like a place where we, our mind isn't, isn't where it should be because we're not doing the things we should be. And all of a sudden, 
you're susceptible to hearing the lies of the enemy or your flesh and you start believing them. All right? So that's kind of what he's getting at right here. And so what we're going to do now is just kind of spend some time listening or in asking the Lord if there's areas of our life that we're not living as unto him. We haven't consecrated, if you will. We, we haven't, Paul says in Romans 12, that the, the rational way that to commit our lives, the rational response to everything God's done for us in the first 11 chapters of Romans is to commit your life as a living sacrifice. Like, so sacrifices, I think I went over this recently, they, they were consecrated, they were perfect, they, they were set apart to be sacrificed to the Lord as an act of worship, all right? You've already been made perfect, you've already been set apart, so the only rational thing to do is to give your life to the Lord as a sacrifice so that he can accomplish his will in you and through you, so he can conform you to the image of his son, so that... You can know his good, pleasing, and perfect wills, it says in Romans 12 too. And that's why you want to know his will, because it's always going to be good, pleasing, and perfect. So we want to always be going to the Lord and, 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 and Lord, am I, are all areas of my life, am I practicing all that I've learned? Am I living them as unto you, as I'm serving as unto you? Are there specific things in my life that I, you want me to be doing for you that I'm not doing for you? That I'm, in a sense, missing out on the stuff that you have for me. Because, you know, or do I have some excuse why I'm not doing this thing? When really, it's that's all it is. It's an excuse. I should just step out in faith and do this thing you're telling me to do. Because I don't want to miss out no more. So, those are all good things to ask the Lord. So, we're going to spend some time doing that right now. And if you do have a testimony of something specific, he told you this week, like an area of your life where you're... He's like, you need to commit this to me. You need to give this to me. Or this is a specific thing I have for you to do for, for me. Um, I'm going to encourage you guys to, to share about that. Share a testimony about that. Now, here's something that's cool i like to point out. And this is something the Lord just reminded me of this week, actually. In Acts 13.2, when the leadership in the early church was... Let me read it to you. It says, one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So here's the leadership of the church, and they're praising God and fasting. It says in the next verse they were praying as well. So they're just kind of doing what we're doing right now. And at that time, the Holy Spirit tells them, set aside these guys. I have some work for them. So it's sometimes when we're in meetings like this together, where we're just seeking God together, that basically he speaks to us and tells us, this is what I have for you. This is what I want you to be doing. So as we're talking to God, we also don't want to talk so much that we're not listening. Because maybe he has something to say to you. Amen? So let's just spend these last moments doing that together. So while I was um, participating in the prayer and fasting, I didn't have some super big expectation or anything pressing but i did ask god to reveal himself to me and reveal what he would like for me to do and just be more about his will and i always ask for confidence and boldness to be the worker that you know that good and faithful servant he says that you know the harvest is plentiful 
but the workers are few. And I've always asked, Lord, let me be that worker. And he gives me those opportunities and I fail horribly. I crumble under my own flesh. And I was like, God, like, am I just that weak? Am I just that milk toast of a Christian? And what he had revealed to me was I'm kind of a slave to my own comfort. And it's not a big sin or anything, but it does affect how I go through this life. Is it pajamas and donuts? Or is it going and hanging out with people? And, um, yeah, so the Lord had really put that upon my heart as we prayed, and I denied my flesh that he's not going to give me my comfort. He's not going to give me comfortable things that I want to participate in. He didn't say, Justin, pick up that baby cross because it's easy for you. You know, he, he told me to pick up my cross and bear it. And as we practice these things, I need to practice carrying my cross and being able to lay my selfish comfort at his feet. Because how will he ever push me? How will I ever serve him and serve his will if I can't get past my own selfish comfort? And the Lord really ministered to me during this week as, you know, I was just denying the flesh, being around the body, being around other believers and praying, really um, praying with my wife and having her minister to me and, and I to her and things like that. And yeah, so the Lord is just kind of, really opened himself to me and has shown me that, you know, I can't expect to grow if I don't put those, those things aside. And he's given me the grace and comfort to do so. And so, you know, now I feel the freedom and I understand those words, um, when he asks us to carry his cross and, you know, I believe it to be true. And he's broke those chains of sin and shame in my life and he's really lifted me up and ministered to me and I just pray that that's an encouragement to other people who are in the same situation who struggle with their own self-comfort and struggle just you know kind of being effective for the kingdom and if we have our minds on the kingdom if they're heavenly set then that will really affect our walk you've learned today these Four things. These are kind of the, the tools Paul gives us to experience the peace God intends for us. But it's on you to put them into practice. When you're worrying, pray instead. And after you pray, thank God for his past faithfulness. And after you remind yourself of how he's been nothing but good and faithful in your life, remind yourself of who he is and who he says you are to him, according to his word. And after you've done those three things, put it all into practice. Put everything he's taught you up to this point into practice. Are you where you need to be in your fellowship with him, and your closeness to him, and your relationship with him? 
And then, as Paul says there at the end, he says, then the God of peace will be with you. He's always with you, but you'll recognize that he's with you. And there's just one passage I want to kind of in on before we do one last song of worship that I believe the Lord put on our, my heart as a word for not only me, but for our church in general. It says in Mark 5, verse 21, I'm going to read a, a chunk here just for context, so bear with me. It says, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. And then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse she had heard the reports about jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for she said if i touch even his garments i will be made well and immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher? Or why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Listen to this Do not fear, only believe. And for you guys that know the rest of that passage, Jesus goes on to. Uh, resuscitate the girl and she lives even though they thought she was dead but that phrase there do not fear only believe that's what i sense is the word of the lord for us going into this next year because you know like this man there's just all this chaos in the world around you all times and all these voices whether they're your flesh, whether they're the enemy, whether it's the news. Actually, that was one of the greatest blessings of this week for me is that I kind of just turned off my news feed. I turned off social media. I just didn't pay attention to any of that stuff. And there's not it's not all bad. But having said that, it also has the ability to incite things in your flesh that aren't of the Spirit, that aren't fruits of the Spirit, whether it's anger, whether it's uh, discouragement, anxiety. I mean, you guys understand what I'm saying? There's even Christian pastors out there or Christian people that can do the same thing. Be careful who you listen to. If you're listening to somebody that's sowing seeds of division, that's angry, that's, you know, they might be thinking what they're doing is the name of the truth, but they're not showing love 
and they're inciting fear or whatnot, that can that can incite your your you into unfruitful um, characteristics as well. So be careful of those things. But having said that, it was a blessing to turn all that off and just be with Jesus for a week. Actually, one of the things the Lord's kind of still working in me. What does that look like after this? Because I like this feeling a lot better than how I feel sometimes when I get caught up in, in the stuff going around me. But here this guy is, and he's hearing these voices telling him, your daughter's dead, your daughter's dead, you know, the, despite the fact that Jesus is going with him. And the Lord just calmly tells him, don't be afraid, don't fear. Just believe, only believe. God has given every single one of us every reason to take him at his word. Just believe what he says. He has given you absolutely not one reason to be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear, right? That's what 1 John says. You've experienced the perfect love of God through his son dying for you. You have no reason whatsoever to be afraid, ever. All right? Fear has to do with punishment. That's why it says there is no fear because all the punishment that you did deserve because of your sin, Jesus took upon himself. So there is no punishment for a child of God. Amen? There's discipline, just like we discipline our kids. But that's always for their betterment. That's out of love. It's not to punish. So when we're fearful, we're very much afraid of something bad happening to us or punishment. And it's irrational as a child of God because there is no punishment for you. God has got you firmly in his grip and his promises will always come to pass. Amen? So as we go from this place, church, do not fear, only believe. Amen? And experience the peace God has for you. Let's worship him with one last song. Yes, Lord. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you for being the I am in the present tense, meaning that you are whatever we need, Lord. It's found in you. It's not found in anything in this world. It is only found in you. And so, Lord, may we go from here looking to you for everything that we need and looking to you to even show us what we need because you know that and we don't. And may we leave here just obeying that command you gave that man, Lord, to do not fear, only believe. In Jesus' name, amen.